Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We get to go? <laughs> yes, we okay. get to go. I pressed the start button. Okay, we're actually going. Uh, you know what? I really dislike the word diet. It's already a tough word to digest, and it usually carries with it a lot of negative connotations. And sometimes, like, the diet you are suffering through, where people, because they, they think of it as, like, the suffering, actually has to do more with trying to feel better internally than it actually is about losing weight. So with that being said, that's the topic today. Welcome to episode 12 of Living Your Life with Leanne Lang. This podcast brought to you by Extension Marketing. And for more information, please do check out extensionmarketing.com. Rachel Cavan is joining us. Rachel Cavan of the Cavan Nutrition Group is our guest today. I'm, I'm so excited. This is going to be a fun chat. I'm you really get... <laughs> excited to be here. It's fun because we've done so many segments together and this is the first time we get to sit down and just talk. I know. And we're going to talk a little bit beyond kale and broccoli and, you know, and our healthy omega fats. Uh, we're going to kind of go into how this all evolved, especially to evolve for you. I've always known you, you know, on the show, we, we talk about so many segments, which we're going to get to, but there's your own history behind being in this industry, having a passion for what you're doing and building your business. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's kind of interesting. So when I first got, got started, obviously I just wanted to help people. So I got, got a website done up. My slogan was eat great, feel better, which now means more to me than it did back then. Mm -hmm. At the time, I was like, that just sounds great. It's, like, it's that's, catchy. That's, that's nice, right? And a cute little logo with like the fork and the leaf and everything. And, you know, I started seeing clients. I rented a space from a chiropractor's office and everything was going great. And then I got pregnant purposefully, completely planned. I was married. We had been married for five years, together for eight. And we planned this baby. And I had this little bit of... Uh, uh, dilemma inside me because my business was finally starting to take off but then you know when you're having a baby obviously you're like oh my life is gonna change and obviously it's gonna take up so much time usually so, yeah usually you kind of do one or the other yeah exactly <laughs> you, you don't tend to do both at the same time no wow. you don't. I don't I don't recommend that if you're trying to build a business to have a baby right off the bat <laughs> <laughs> Um, so what happened, I took obviously a bit of time off at, when, with my son and then when my son was one month old, my then husband had told me he had been cheating on me for over a year. So and this is a really personal, I've never told my story to anyone else before, so this is the first time for you, Leanne. Um, I, Rachel, I, I feel, <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny and I, I definitely wasn't expecting that yeah. know, when, when we started this, but these are these are. Stories. These are life circumstances yes. that happen to so many other people. And so when you hear it from somebody who you've seen on TV, you know, dozens and dozens of times, who was always there smiling with this great information, you don't really know like the crazy, uh, the story behind it. So here you are building a business, a brand new baby yeah, with a husband, you yeah. know, and had planned this life. So what happens at that moment? I mean, that's, that's, yeah. Everything comes crashing down. So I'll explain the details a bit more, but I just kind of want to fast forward to the whole like point of telling my story yeah. is that it made me such a better practitioner. Because before I had my son and before I went through all of this, I was just like, what do you mean you don't have time to meal plan? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, just make your meals. And then after going through all of this, it's like, I get it, right? Like, I was trying to build my business and I, I vividly remember at one point eating cold scrambled eggs off of uh, my son's like high chair. And I was like, I understand. I understand all of my clients, no matter what they're going through. So it has made me like, um, you know, in a way for survival, you have to look back at the negative and say, this has made me a better person. But I can honestly say that it really has made me so much more empathetic to everyone that comes into my office. They, so they must feel that, right? Be because it's true. And I felt it recently when I was just like, well, just go for 45 minutes to the gym. Like, 
yeah. find the time yeah. to go. Like your body needs it. And then I'm sitting here now with yeah. this different <laughs> lifestyle and I'm stuck at a computer and I'm stuck at a desk and then I'm already tired from sitting all day. And I was, and I, you know, I remember making a post not long ago saying I'm finding it harder now to get off from my body that hasn't been moving all day to try to get it moving. Yeah. And I understand what people have been telling me for years and years. Yeah. Like, how do you do it? Where do you find the time? I just don't have the energy. So when you live through having to practice what you preach, to everyone else, it does make you, you found it made you better. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the inertia, right? Like an object at rest always wants to stay at rest. So when you're sitting all day, you don't want to get into exercise. Um, and you know how difficult it is to build a business because you're going through those right. steps right mm-hmm. now and all the like mental turmoil that comes with that. So I didn't have any mat leave because I was um employed, right so, yeah. like, so I had no income and like my husband signed away sole custody he just up and left right so he so here I was like with a, a one-month-old baby and no income and absolutely nothing right so I went back to work when my son was five months old and I was going at the time I had two locations I was going from one office and then going to visit my lawyer because we was going through a divorce obviously and then I was still breastfeeding because I believe that that's the one thing, that's the one, the only like goal I had as a mom. I don't know anything about being a good mom, but I know nutritionally that breast milk is the most important thing. So I was like, I was keen to breastfeed him for a whole year. That was my goal. So I would go from the client meeting to my lawyer meeting, and then I would park my car in a parking lot, like in the middle of the winter, and go into the back seat and pump so that I could have the breast milk for him when I got back because I was gone from him all day. And then go to another, go to my second location. And then in uh, there sorry, also going there... to see my counselor. Okay, <laughs> right I'm, I'm going to say, as you're sitting there with, like, with, the breast, <laughs> with the breast milk coming out of those pumps, like, are you just, is the milk coming out and the tears coming yes, out? Yes, uh, everything's like, coming out. <laughs> I, I'm picturing you in this car, and I feel I feel it for you, right? Like everything is just being drained, right? You've got yeah. the milk coming out, the tears <laughs> coming out, and yet you had something in you that was like, I'm going to make this happen. This is, I'm going to make this life work for me, for my son, and this business is going to grow. Like, yeah. You had to have that mentality. Absolutely. So it was definitely like rock bottom, if that's the mm-hmm. definition of rock bottom, was probably me in the backseat of the car pumping. Um, but in a, in a positive way, because I knew I was going somewhere. So I ended up doing a ton of therapy and I highly recommend like when anyone needs any sort of counseling, I think it's the best thing. And I actually ended up going to see like seven different therapists until I found my one girl who I absolutely love. And I refer everyone to her because she was just like, let's, let's move forward from this. And she really, really helped me out. And then from there, she actually said to me, I vividly remember her words because she was like, if you can be doing this well, going through what you're going through, you must be amazing with your clients. Well, that's, that's and nice she comment. was sending me seven new clients a week. Like in a way, she almost built my business. So I had people in front of me going through hell and back. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah, absolutely. You can say <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> We've already hit on a number of okay. topics, which I think we're good. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, just going through hell and back, right? Like not eating at all, um, just living off caffeine, not drinking any water, not mentioning any names, Leanne. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and not, yeah, people who are, weren't eating or the opposite of the spectrum, they're eating their emotions. Mm-hmm. And people, you know, their kids have cancer or they're going through a crazy similar type of divorce situation or they have abuse in their life. So many different factors. And it's not about diet. It's not about losing weight. It's about taking that person and kind of almost being their, I don't want to say best friend because that's kind of crossing the line of client, but that actually happens a lot. And so many of my appointments, I would, you know, make someone tea and we would like cry on the couch together, which is not nutrition. But like I would say the nutrition is the easy part. You know, like you need to eat your vegetables, you need your good fats, you need your proteins. But it's like how do you take someone who's in that state and bring them to that level? And I remember like when I was building my business, thankfully my sister, bless her heart, she was my daycare Mm -hmm. because we had babies at the same time. So she was staying at home with them. And I remember it was so great because I was able to, in the middle of the day, go home and just like pick up my son and like cry and then like be like, okay, thanks, thanks. I gotta go back to work, you know? And she's like, totally fine. Um, 
But then, so I would drop him off. I would cry the whole way to my office. I would stop at Starbucks, get an extra large coffee and a chocolate chip cookie, because that's where I was at at the, at the time, and then go and counsel people to not eat sugar, right? <laughs> I love lot of- your <laughs> honest, like, this is so refreshing, Rachel, because, you know, and you talk about that, and you talk about the people that, you know, are, are going through these life crises. And, you know, you're trying to be able to steer them on the right path, knowing at the exact same moment, at this point, it's, it's what they're craving, you know, these comfort foods, these mm-hmm. things to just make them feel better. Well, you're equally going to get that coffee and chocolate chip muffin. Absolutely. Like, you, you get it. And so were you able to admit that to them also? Like, I, I get your battle. I yeah. get why this is so difficult. Yeah, so it really depends on the person because there is that professional line. Mm-hmm. And usually not like off the bat, like it's not my yeah. first thing, like listening. And if, if I felt like we had a good connection or if they needed to hear that story, I would tell it to them. But I didn't tell very many of my clients, actually, maybe only like 20%. So it wasn't mm-hmm. a big like factor because it's about them, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're in my office for them. But only if they needed to get a bit of the motivation. Right. But over the course of your career, and, and let's talk about this. I mean, Cabin Nutrition Group, has you've, you've grown this business. I mean, you've got people working under you, and, and, and it's amazing to see. But is that still usually the biggest factor coming in is that the way people treat food as a way to – as their own therapy. They're eating their emotions or they're not eating because they're so stressed. Like that essentially, the emotional side of our food intake is usually based on – what's happening on their the in actual life absolutely and that's why I say all the time we do one-on-one appointments like we don't do like a group thing we don't have like an online ebook or anything like that it's one-on-one because I feel like that's what works best for people Mm -hmm. it's like I said the nutrition part is easy and you can google any diet in the world but if you can't if it doesn't work for your body because everyone's different that's a whole nother aspect it's not going to work for you, but if it doesn't work for your lifestyle, do you know what I mean? Like you need to still love your life and you need to love what you're eating. If you're eating a salad and you hate it, you're not, not going to get healthier. There's, there is the emotional part. So I remember in school we learned, we had this one course about um, like the chakras and like the spirituality and everything. And at the time, so this was like 12 years ago, I'm like, okay, like I'm open to spirituality, but I'm just, I'm, I was all science, like coming from a biomedical science background. I'm like science, 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 right? So I have mm-hmm. the, the science background. And through my experiences and through working with so many people, now I realize it's more the mental health aspect and the spirituality and them loving themselves. Especially with women, we're all brought up with the magazines and you know commercials and all this stuff that we're supposed to look like a supermodel. If you're not that like 120 pound six foot supermodel then you you don't have worth i know but we grew up we grew up maybe having to see a magazine cover right we grew up maybe kind of getting the 17 magazine and those girls look so pretty like it's everywhere now and our kids our generation is looking at it every single time they open their phone it's on their instagram it's on their snapchat there's the thousand filters that make them look even better or make them look you know and then they shape things like it's become very unrealistic i feel what Absolutely, is, with, is out there with the fo- with the Photoshop as well. And oh you must really see this having daughters. So what, and oh. what they what they see, what they go through. Yeah, I'm terrified. Yeah. yeah, but even with my son, like he's only he's turning seven next week, but he, um, the just looking at the difference between boys and girls toys and books. You know, with boys it's like science and you know build a computer, and girls it's like here's your hairstyles and. You know, even though I don't have a girl, I really see the differences or the Disney movies where you need a prince. Anyways, we can get on a whole other rant on that. Parenting and feminism. We'll like reel it back in. We'll reel it back in uh, to the the, the nutrition side. You just mentioned like your son is now seven. So the company has really been in its growth stages uh, seven years essentially uh, that you've kind of been building it. How big is it now? Like how many individual nutritionists, like who's working underneath the whole brand? Okay, so I have a full-time employee, and I'm actually looking for another one right now. So if anyone's listening that's a nutritionist that wants to join, I have a sports nutritionist, Brittany, who is amazing, and she, she does anyone who's doing sports nutrition, athletes, and then I have Natasha, who's a prenatal nutritionist. So she's seeing people who are 
breastfeeding and we're trying to get pregnant and all of that stuff. So can we, can we hit on that? Like for, and, and I've seen this with so many girlfriends who the ones that are trying to get pregnant, right? Yeah. Is there a lot of changes that people or women are making now to enable that like through foods and through what their, their intake is that's making a difference? Absolutely. So and I'm not saying that nutrition is everything. It's not everything in there's, any situation. There's, as you mentioned, science uh, yes. behind a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's biology. Yeah. There's so many other things. But yeah, we see we have so many people come into our office and they're like, I have hormone issues or whatever it is. And then you just look at their diet and it's not healthy. <laughs> I'll just use those words. But their, doc- their doctors don't give them any information. The doctor says the nutrition has nothing to do with it. Like, that's what people are hearing from the doctors all the time. Even if they get diagnosed with a digestive issue, IBS, like Crohn's colitis, you know, if you're not a diagnosed celiac, then they're like, diet has absolutely nothing to do with what you're feeling in your gut. You know, if you feel five months pregnant from the bloating or with your mental health, they're just, and I'm not against doctors, they're absolutely amazing. They just don't have the time. It's the way the medical system is built. Mm -hmm. They don't have the time to listen to people as thoroughly and like look at their seven day food diary so they just have very basic recommendations it's interesting because i've had guests on on this podcast you know talking about you know and it's just then they give they're given a medicine right here take yeah. this pill and then unfortunately the pill is causing side effects and then it's causing even worse get deterioration and we know that the health is really based out of the gut and so yeah. when you kind of let's try to rewind it um, how much then are you looking at when they bring you a food diary to say, okay, all of this here is causing the inflammation here. And what is it like when you have that reaction from your clients who hopefully are honest enough with their logging mm-hmm. um, that you're able to start breaking down where the issues are? Yeah, I feel like I have like a ninja power of being able to look at anyone's food diary and figuring out where their problem is. So. I highly recommend, like some people don't want to show what they're actually eating and that's fair. It's, you know, it's like well, no, I'm it's sorry, like anything, if you're going right? in to see a nutritionist or a yeah. dietitian, why are you investing in meeting yeah. with them if you're not going to be fully honest? It, it's true. It's a personal thing though, right? Okay. They don't want to be judged, but really nothing is going to phase me ever. And the most help I can give someone is, is if they are super honest. And even my clients that I've had for years, sometimes they're lying on their food diary and if they're like plateauing for a while and I really start hammering into their food diary and they're like, oh yeah, actually I've been having like vanilla sugar yogurt for the past couple of years. But saying that it was plain because that's what I wanted to hear, right? Right. So it's like in those like little simple tweaks that it was enough that it was affecting, you know, this person was Mm -hmm. like in their last like 10 pounds, right? So it was like we need to get really tweaky at that point. But it's so important for people to be completely honest. Like a lot of people come in and they think I'm just going to give them a meal plan to follow without having to see what they're doing but it doesn't work everyone has different schedules okay when you when someone asks for your food log like and you say okay well I had a hamburger for dinner okay are you saying what kind of a bun that hamburger was on and how much ketchup and mayo you put on that hamburger like what actually goes into you figuring out where everything's coming from yeah so that's a great question so I don't I don't need like they don't need to measure it they don't have to bring a scale with them to the restaurant or anything like that but a good idea of the different ingredients and like eyeing things out because another thing I want my clients to do is not be so obsessed like get to a point where you don't have to keep a food diary you just know you can eye out your portions you know it works for your body you know how to get back on track if you've gone off track Mm -hmm. because that's going to happen a lot of people when they fall off track they think that they're failing at their nutrition program or their weight loss program but that's just life Mm -hmm. it's going to happen and the key is just to know how to get back on track okay can I ask you what your definition of diet is? Or do you ever use that word? How do you explain that word? What's your what's your take on it? So from a science background, the definition of diet is actually just the way that you eat. A diet is just the way that you eat. But it's the weight loss industry that has made diet a four-letter word. It's a very negative thing. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people think that you go on a 12-week program, you do a shake program or like multi-level marketing that your friend's doing or something like that. You do the shakes for 12 weeks, you lose the weight, and then you go back to eating McDonald's and think that you're gonna maintain that weight loss. So the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So you have to change your lifestyle. Sugar is more addicting than cocaine. They've proven it with rat studies, but the the issue is that sugar is socially acceptable, right? Like Mm -hmm. if you, bring cupcakes to work, you're a hero. If you bring cocaine to work, you 
You get arrested. Yeah, probably, depending on where you work. <laughs> so is it this socially acceptable thing, but also encouraged? Like if someone's birthday, you have to have their birthday cake, or if it's Valentine's Day and your partner gets you chocolates, then it's a sign of love. And by turning that down, you're turning down the love. So there's a lot of emotional baggage with sugar and with junk foods. So... Hmm. We, let's bring up sugar. Okay. We uh, we're on it. I like this topic. Yeah, we're on it. And, and it's and how people are taking information from this. We have done a number of segments uh, based on sugar. My favorite thing that I have done with my kids, uh, and it was something that we had done in a segment on the show, was I they you know the treat of having a Coke or ginger ale and them kind of knowing that it's a treat but not really understanding why mm-hmm. until I honestly took a glass of water and put the water in front of them, yeah. and then went and got a teaspoon, and got a big thing of sugar, and then I just slowly started to count, and had them count with me, how many teaspoons of sugar I was putting into that one cup of water in front of them, for them to understand why I had issues sometimes have, with them having the pop. The visual cue of understanding how much sugar is in items has been helpful. Yeah. Yeah, it, you, you've done it often. Yeah, we've done yeah. that often on the, on the show together. Mm-hmm. It's a really important thing is the food industry, they don't accidentally put a ton of high fructose corn syrup in your in the Coke or in your different food products, right? It's a, it's a science. They know it's called the bliss point. This podcast is brought to you by Extension Marketing. They're a new breed of marketing agency that acts as your virtual marketing department, designing and implementing cost-effective marketing strategies that will grow your business. I can speak to this personally as I've been using the Extension Marketing team to help me launch and grow my business. Founder Pat Whalen has been a lifesaver for me, a genuine coach guiding me along the way into uncharted territory. Tell them you're a friend of the show and receive a free one-hour consultation. Check them out at extensionmarketing.com. So the bliss point is how much sugar is in a Coke, for example, that makes you addicted to the product but doesn't make you vomit. Because there is an amount of sugar, and probably people have, you know, when you're a kid, you're at a birthday party and you, you reach that limit. Yeah. But there isn't an amount of sugar that would make you sick. So they have found this bliss point, which is the perfect amount of sugar that makes you addicted to it. So it's similar to alcohol. You know, you have a couple of shots of tequila, you're feeling great, right? right? If you have more than that, then you're not feeling so good and you're getting sick. So like people figure out their tolerance okay. with alcohol, so right? So you can. So can you give me like an example or other products? I mean, you take a Coke, for example, but what her companies? doing like what are some foods that we would recognize that have their bliss points yeah so what we're programmed biologically to go for is sugar salt and fat because those things in nature would be super high in nutrients so the food industry takes those things sugar salt and fat and puts them together so another great example is chips because oh God, I love the, chips I, I, oh do my too, I do as well <laughs> chips and dip is like my, that's my vice chips and dip okay. yeah so yeah. it's the carbs from right. the potatoes, you got the fat from the oils, and then you have the salt. salt. So the sugar, salt, and fat. And then they also add MSG, if it's like a savory flavor, like Doritos. Mm-hmm. They add the MSG, and in rat studies, when they have, when they're trying to do an obese, obesity study, they need an obese group of rats, and rats aren't naturally obese. So all they do is give them MSG. That's the only thing, and the rats become obese, and then they have their obese group. So imagine that inside our food supply, this MSG that's making, mm-hmm. and then combined with the three, the sugar, salt, and fat, and how delicious Doritos taste, it's just a recipe for a disaster. And you want more and more and more. And then also, your body is not getting fiber. It's not getting any vitamins or minerals. So you're, you're actually still craving food because your body wants those vitamins and minerals, but you're just eating these calorie void foods. So we're... I say on my website, it says we're overfed but undernourished mm-hmm. because we're going for these foods. And then even our, I could go on forever about this, <laughs> even our food that we have, like a lot of people say like, oh, I'm eating lots of fruits and vegetables. Our fruit is really different now than it was 100 years ago. If you think, if you've ever been to a farm um, and they have like that one apple tree and you have an apple, it's so small, it's misshapen, it has a worm in it, it's really sour. And then compare that to a Costco Royal Gala apple. Yeah, it's like the size of your head. <laughs> yeah. And I say to people, if you don't find a, a royal gala apple really sweet, you're having too much sugar in your diet. Because that, that thing should be candy. Or if you okay, find... Wait, wait, wait. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, say that again. So if you don't find a, an apple, like a royal gala apple really sweet, mm-hmm. you have too much sugar in your diet. 
Wow. Okay. Yeah. Because that, if you have a healthy whole foods diet, lower in sugar, you have an apple and it's, it's it really, should. really sweet. Like at some point it can almost be like painfully sweet. Like it's just so sweet. That would be the, t- so if you're having these apples and they taste really sweet, then you're, you're doing well. You're doing well. But yeah. if you have that apple and it's just an apple, just an apple, it's not, it's not sweet to you, then you're probably having too much. Same thing. If you like the taste of diet Coke, yeah. a lot of people are addicted. I love the taste of diet Coke. <laughs> Like often, I cannot have like a Coke. Like it has to be a Diet Coke. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. What's wrong with me? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, often when people are having yeah. Diet Coke, then it means they're having too many, too much processed foods in their diet. Because again, if you're having a lot only whole foods, yeah. then a taste of Diet Coke is so chemically. So, and I know I have most of my clients are addicted to Diet Coke. I, but I, I, I am, but I, I crave it only with certain things. Like if yeah, I've had you're a not good day, it every day, I'm not having it every day. Okay. And if I, and I've now gone and gotten the mini good. ones. So I, we did that. A no longer buy the the case, and then we buy just the six of the minis. And then I know that it's like, it's like a treat almost. Yeah. But I find that I only crave the diet coke when I'm having like the chips and dip or yeah. the deli sandwich or something like it, it, it there's a certain food that goes with it it's not like I want to have my salad yeah and the diet coke yeah you yeah, know well, like I see, want the diet coke with the chips and dip or you know and the you know salami why? sandwich because you can't they go like, together the salad tastes yeah. so good on its own because it's all the whole foods but when you're adding something unnatural like the chips right then you want to have also that sugar right but then that's when I want my diet coke yeah yeah Exactly. But I know in that also is the aspartame. And so I, how much of an issue is that? Like I actually have like a sweet and low, I've tried to switch over to the Splenda and then to the, you know, Stevia. Mm -hmm. And that's been an adjustment. How much damage is that? I mean, we're we're learning about it, we understand, but can you kind of break that down? Especially because that is the main ingredient in the Diet Coke. Yeah, absolutely. So the aspartame is a neurotoxin, so it can cause migraines, headaches, high blood pressure. A lot of people don't feel any reaction and I would say it's actually better to feel a reaction because you're going to avoid it because it's probably harming you on like a really small level so Mm -hmm. not enough that you're going to avoid it or that you can associate the two but the other thing is there's lots of good options like you said the stevia you could do the xylitol there's like monk fruit oh no no but I still like it when it's the sweet and low yeah I've had to I've had to you know ease out of it and I think people who are educated on this are trying to do the same thing but what are what's some of the long-term effects if we're not able to get it out of our system or if we're constantly consuming it? Yeah, so any neurological symptoms, since it is a neurotoxin. So if you're having migraines, depression, anxiety, all of those things. Because I have another sip so, of my coffee yeah. with the sweetener yeah. inside. <laughs> so there is an alternative, though. There is a company called Zevia, mm-hmm. and they have a Diet Coke that is sweetened with stevia. But it also, like when you pour it in, you have to have it out of the can because mm-hmm. when you pour it into a cup, it's clear. Because ah. they don't add the caramel coloring, which is another issue in the Coke. Like, it's not just the aspartame. It's like, there's no nutrients in that Coke. There's a caramel coloring. They actually use it to clean blood off the highways after an accident. Like, it's very severe. Like, thankfully, your stomach lining is so strong that it can handle that amount of acid. But that could be another symptom, actually, if you're getting acid reflux. Often when people come into my office yeah. with any sort of acid reflux, I can fix it in a very short period of time. Okay, someone comes in with an acid reflux, what are the questions you ask? I just look at their food diary. Yeah. Usually like they're poor food combining, they're having tons of bread, they're having lot, like caffeine on an empty stomach mm-hmm. is usually the thing. They wake up in the morning, they don't have breakfast, they just have a coffee, and of course you're having acid reflux because that's you're just acid on top of acid. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Have you had a lot of clients come in who thought that they might be a really complicated case and then you're able to just look at it and say, make these small changes and you're, and you're going to be good? Yes. So often the more complicated ones are the easier ones. <laughs> it's the people that have to, it's the people that have like the last 10 pounds to lose because they think that, like if you have 100 pounds to lose, like just cut out Coke, cut out chips and some sweet stuff and you're going to lose like probably 80 pounds, right? It's the last 10 pounds, the 10 to 20 pounds that's the most difficult and actually when you have to be the most strict. So at that point, that's when you have to decide, am I still gonna love my life if I'm gonna, like at the expense of, or to in order to uh, lose these last 10 pounds? Because you can always eat less, you can always exercise more, but do you love your life? Do you wanna have wine on the weekend with your girlfriends or with your partner? Mm-hmm. Do you wanna like not have to be so strict about everything? So that's, and that's another big thing I talk to my clients about is the whole issue of weight on the scale. It means nothing. 
like the like your BMI, as you know, as an athlete, it's you know you have lots of muscle, you're gonna have a higher BMI. So I have a lot of clients that have done personal training for a year, and then they come into my office a year later. They're like, I did personal training, I gained 20 pounds. Exercise does not work. It's like okay, back up. Like it makes sense though when you're exercising, you're building muscle, which is mm-hmm. causing you to gain weight. It's making you hungrier. So if you have, if you're addicted to sugar and chips, you're just going to eat more of those. And then you also have the justification in your head. Like I went for a run today. I can eat a whole tub of ice cream. I deserve this. So if you're exercising, you actually want to feed your body better mm-hmm. because your your muscles are trying to repair themselves. See, I thought you were going to say something different. Like I thought you were going to say when people start to get into the exercise, they start to feel better. And then that domino effect leads into that they want to eat better because they're feeling so good. But you're saying not necessarily that you do yeah. have people come in that are like, well, I've been working out like crazy, so I feel like I can reward myself yeah with the food so i usually do the opposite if someone comes in and they're not exercising Mm -hmm. i don't recommend exercise for at least two weeks not that they can't like if they really Mm -hmm. want to some people are motivated they want to do both things that's great i'm never going to say not exercise but i wouldn't say like while you're getting like while you're getting your nutrition under control and cutting out things and changing your habits let's just focus on this and often because they're usually if they're having a lot of junk food or a lot of bread and things and sugar, their blood sugar's all over the place. So they don't have the energy for exercise. So often after that two week period, they've changed their habits and they start feeling super energetic and then they want to exercise. That's interesting. Okay, so when you have people coming in first time, you're you say, let let's just focus purely on yeah. the food. Like I don't want you doing both at the same time. Yeah. You'll feel different anyway. Yeah. Based on the food. Yeah. Absolutely. That's neat. Because you need to get off those food addictions. Because mm-hmm. with the exercise making you hungrier, you're just going to eat more. How hard is it to get over some of those food addictions? Like how, how often will you have a client that just, you know, is banging their head against the wall, just like I can't seem to give it up? I've gotten hate mail before. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm okay with that. And I tell, because that's my job. My right. job is to get, take them from one point and move them to the next point. So I had a good friend once. Like when I was telling him about my process, he said, okay, so you ruin lives for a living. And I'm like, maybe for a short period of time, but then I take them to a place that's so much better. And the amount of times I've been in my office and I've just said, trust me. Mm-hmm. And you'll see on the testimonials on my website, like yeah. I remember Rachel just saying, just trust me. So, and like, that's my job. My job is to say, is to guide them, like to hold their hand through that period and say, trust me and get them to a point where they're like, oh my goodness, I feel amazing. I'm not sleeping in the afternoon anymore. I'm not hungry. I don't need snacks. I'm loving the taste of salad or mushrooms or whatever their thing is they, mm-hmm. they didn't like before because they've changed. you can actually change your taste buds. Okay, how is that happening? How are we changing our taste buds? So going back to the, the Diet Coke yeah. and the sugar, salt, fat, you will actually crave. If you start eating whole foods, they don't taste very good at the beginning, but it's because we're used to all these unnatural, unnaturally flavored foods like the Doritos and the mm-hmm. Diet Coke. So when you start eating fruits and vegetables again, they don't taste good at the beginning, but then they start to taste really, really good. And then going back to these really highly sweetened, highly salted foods, they act, they're, again, like I said, painfully sweet. Have you ever had a, a situation where you had like a dessert or something and it was painfully sweet? Like almost hurt? Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I tend not to have a lot of desserts. Yeah. So when I do, so when, yeah. like it's just, it's overwhelming. And to be honest with you, I usually only want like two to three bites and yeah. then I'm good. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, it's like, it's, I've, ha- I've had that fix. Yeah. And I just don't need much more of it. Exactly. But it's funny because on the same end, I will think like this salad tastes like there's so many flavors to it. Yeah. And I'll hand it over to someone else and be like, you got to try this. And then for them, it's just like, eh. Yeah. And so I'm understanding now that the palates are just different based on what they're used to consuming. Yeah. Like what their taste buds are used to. Yeah. There's a book called The Dorito Effect and it explains that. How our food actually doesn't taste as good as it used to because we're produce we're not buying it fresh we're buying it from like california and it's been on the truck for weeks and they're like breeding tomatoes so that they last on the truck not mm-hmm. for nutrients and not right. for taste kind of like those big massive strawberries we're getting yes like, that are white t- on the inside i will only eat strawberries in june in canada <laughs> they, they taste so much different oh yeah. it's amazing yeah okay we're, we're hitting on those another one of um the segments that i've that i've really liked and and this will probably apply to the people that you're working with they think that they're making healthier choices they think like they've committed to it, they've they're gone grocery shopping and are buying things that say organic and they're buying things that say, you know, low fat. Like, let's hit on that because you want to help the people who think that they're helping themselves and yet 
they're not seeing results or they're kind of plateaued. What is happening? What are the what are the mistakes that they're making? Yeah, so this actually really breaks my heart because people want to do well and they want to feed their families well. But again, the food industry has so much money for marketing. So, and I was actually in Costco the other day and I see this family in front of me and their yeah. cart is filled with what I think is junk food. It's like the cereals, like, you know, sugary cereals and like tons of bread and, you know, popcorn, big bag of smart food and things that we think are healthy because they have the words smart on it or they have the words whole grain and they have the words organic, vegan, gluten-free, whatever those things are. So the, the key is going back to the whole foods. So trying to cook from scratch or at least buy stuff that's already made for you, but that's made like from Whole Foods, made from scratch. But why are we getting caught when you're saying that there's whole grain or whole food or organic or smart on the packaging? What What's wrong with those words or what are those words not really saying? Okay, so they're not lying, mm -hmm. but they are, it is just marketing. Anytime there's a food label on a product, it's just an opportunity for marketing. So they could say it's organic, but if it's organic cupcakes, it, it's, so, that's common sense, right? Like it's still a cupcake or gluten-free products. Like I remember I used to work at a, the natural food pantry and they have a gluten-free bakery. And I remember this one lady who came in and she was diagnosed with celiac. And then, you know, five years later she got type two diabetes and she thought that like God was out to get her. But it's really like if you are taking away, um, she was taking away the gluten obviously, but then just replacing it with processed gluten products. It's not the answer. Like processed products are never mm -hmm. the answer. So if it says vegan, that doesn't mean it's healthy. Do you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. a, some vegans are eating like pasta and soy milk and no vegetables. Like it's still, even though you're vegan, you can be organic, it still can be very unhealthy. Okay, so you have to be aware. Yes. Try not to get tricked. Yeah, the key is reading the ingredients. So don't look at the front of the label. Don't look at the nutrition facts even. Look at the ingredients. Can you pronounce everything? Is it real food? How many times is sugar labeled in there? How many times can it be labeled in there? Like how many different ways is it gonna come across? Yeah, exactly. There's 53 different names for sugar. So the food manufacturers, they tell you yeah. to look for the top three ingredients because they're listed by weight. But what since they know that, then they don't put it in the top three, but they put it in like the next 17. So anything with a co, is it? Ose. Ose. Anything in ose, sucrose, fructose, glucose. Or, or the natural sugars, like the maple syrup, the honey. People, I see this often. People are like, oh, I'm having, it's natural. But white sugar is also natural. Cocaine is also natural. It doesn't mean, natural doesn't mean healthy. Okay. But the ose, that's the... Yes, that's anything, anything in the ose. Mm -hmm. That's where you're getting those sugars. Yes. Watch for the wording. Yeah. And then another experiment is what you did with your Coke with the kids. Yeah. Take the amount, and I said this on my Facebook group the other day, someone asked about sugar, or sorry, about yogurt for their kids, and they wanted to decrease the amount of sugar in it, so I said take your sugar and figure out how much sugar is in it, and put less than that, and then the next day like a little bit less. Like never let the food industry sweeten the food for you. It's okay to buy a coffee and add your own sugar, it's better to like add a pack or two of sugar than it is to buy a latte with like, 60 grams of sugar. That's like two Cokes. Okay, okay, I'll, can I go back to this? So yeah. the, the mother with the yogurt. Yes. Okay, so she was giving, was she giving her kids like a vanilla yogurt, like a flavored yogurt? Yes. Okay, so what she, what you then had her do was take natural yogurt yeah. and add the sugar. Yeah, add the amount add, of sugar. Add the amount of sugar that they're used to. Yes. And so it was no longer vanilla, but it was regular yogurt with sugar. Yeah. And then she slowly just starting, she's starting to put less and less natural sugar, real sugar in yeah. that over time so that the kids are weaning themselves off how much sugar was in their yogurt. Yes. Okay, that's a really good way of looking at it. Yeah, so even if there is sugar in there, it's still less and that's gonna add up over time, mm -hmm. like 50% less sugar in their yogurt every day. Mm -hmm. That's gonna be very helpful in the long run. Can you do that with a lot of other things? Like what other things can you do that with? Well, your coffee is one of them. Yeah. So if, Slowly. if people are having, you know, a double-double or quadruple, mm -hmm. quadruple or something, mm -hmm. then slowly cutting back on that. Or if you're getting, like, look at the nutrition facts at, you know, Tim Hortons, Starbucks, wherever you get your coffee, see how much sugar is in your latte, mm -hmm. and then measure it out, like, how much sugar can you have in a coffee, the, like, say, for example, two packs, it's going to be, like, less than a quarter, maybe even an eighth of the sugar. Hmm. So, really... So the, well, those are good tricks. Those are good things to start to be able to do, but I like that for a mom with the kids yeah. and the yogurt. Yeah. And the other, another example is the juice. Just start diluting the juice. 
Yes. And I do that with adults too because adults are really just big kids. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually did that. Yeah. I, I, and I think it's based on a lot of the segments that we had done, which is how much sugar is in the juices. Yeah. And so I started yeah. to kind of just dilute it with the water and yeah. slowly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also found too, because they like the, that fizziness, is I just add the soda water or the soda stream to yeah. whatever it is that they're having. That's great. And then they get the bubbles. Yep. Yeah. That's even kind of my way of being able to do things. Um, okay, let's get into something we'd mentioned off the top was the gut health. Is that you had so many doctors kind of just prescribing the medicine when a lot of it can be fixed mm-hmm. within your own gut and mm-hmm. so much. What are some of the foods that you really stress with people or that you want them to be doing to try to be able to balance and get that healthier gut? Yeah, so I love this question because I have so many clients that come into my office and they're like, I was diagnosed with IBS. It really means nothing. It means the doctors can't find... A cause of your symptoms you have digestive symptoms and they can't find a cause so like here's a label you can go home happy with a label with IBS there's actually it's like a 50% mental component and a 50% gut component usually so with the gut health health it's cutting out things like I've gotten people off of their anxiety medication just by cleaning up their diet and maybe that's cutting out the gluten or again cutting back the sugar cutting back on the caffeine if they're having you know going back to that really stressed anxiety person who's having like three venti Starbucks coffees a day. Um, and then replenishing with the good bacteria. So we are, we're so sterile now. Everything is, you know, pasteurized and we're all hand sanitizer. So we need to add that good bacteria. So you actually have more bacteria in your body than you have cells. So you're more of a bacteria than you are a human. And everyone is like that. So there's tons of research now that's coming out describing how important these bacteria are. They've actually done studies, again, on rats where they take an obese rat, they take that bacteria like a stool sample, um, put it in a skinny rat, and then that skinny rat becomes obese. And then vice versa. So they take a they take a stool sample from the skinny rat and give it to the obese rat, and the obese rat loses weight. That's the only difference is the change in gut bacteria. So it's not only calories in, calories out. It's actually how much your bacteria decide that you absorb. So by cleaning up your gut, you can clean up your mood and also... Um, lose weight and be able to maintain that weight Mm -hmm. because I always tell people you can't go against your biology like if your blood sugar is low you want to eat something because your body's trying to save your life we're always so against our bodies but every single cell in our body is trying to get us to survive every second of the day like our bodies don't know that there's a Tim Hortons and Starbucks around every single corner (laughs) in the whole city of Ottawa so from from a survival standpoint your blood sugar is low they're like get food right away Right, So we're always going against our biology, but if we just give our body the tools that it needs and replenish with the good bacteria, then it's, you actually can lose weight and maintain it much easier. Okay, how are people, if you can, because they're like, okay, like, sign me up, right? Sign me up. Okay, so what, should they, what are things that help? What should they be consuming to be able to clean up the gut? And you know, are there natural things that they could be taking? Are there probiotics? Like what, what would you recommend then for someone if you're saying, okay, we're going to clean up your gut? Yeah, so if they have a severe digestive issue, I would recommend a probiotic supplement just because you can't get that amount in any yogurt or anything. So we just really need to replenish. And they often will feel better almost immediately. But for maintenance, you can do yogurt, kefir. I really love the coconut kefir because then you're getting... What is that exactly? I haven't, I haven't really caught on to the kefir thing. So kefir is similar to yogurt. It's a fermented product, yeah. but it's more of a liquid. Okay. So it's something you would drink instead of like, okay. eat with a spoon. So I really love the coconut kefir because then you're getting away from the dairy because often people have issue digesting dairy. Um, you can do the kombucha. That's another one for your kids as well because it has the fizziness. So it's a fermented tea. It's a really good option for people who want to get off Coke or even to get off alcohol because you could have a you know, a fizzy drink and it feels like you're having something special. Um, the sauerkraut, kimchi, there's lots of good options when it comes to fermented foods. I believe that fermented foods should be an option in the food guide. You really? should have one serving every day of fermented foods just to replenish all that good bacteria. Okay. I'm going to tell you this right now. Okay. You've just listed <laughs> six items that I'm going, that does not seem that appealing. Yeah. And especially for the person that's having the chip dip Dorito <laughs> and Diet Coke. Their taste buds are, are like, are going to yeah. fight this. Like, I'm sorry. Like, even for me that I'm like, I eat really healthy. Like, some of those things just don't sound appealing. Have you tried so, the kombucha? I have. I've tried it with you. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? I remember that was not a good batch, I think. Like, it was so, very vinegary. Yeah, so it's almost like 
how do you train them? Like, how do you kind of be able to do this? Because some of them, like some fermented things that I, I love, right? So it's changing, it's changing the palate. Like, I, I like um, things that are um, like dilled, like, or pickled, like yeah. that that kind of stuff, like okay. beans and stuff. Like, I yeah. don't mind eating that. Okay. Um, but, you know, some of it, I'm thinking people are listening going, none of that sounded appealing. Yeah. Do so you get that? Absolutely. Okay. And if that's the case, take a supplement. Okay. You can get it in a powder form and just put it on top of whatever you're having your cereal. You can put it in your smoothie. Um, if you don't like yogurt, then you could just do the kefir and take like two tablespoons of it a day. Okay. You could do it in a shorter, like it's not like you have to be full on consuming it. Like I don't I don't yeah. have yogurt because I found the yogurt didn't match, like the, the dairy, I didn't like yeah. that part of it, right? So, yeah. um, so supplementation sometimes throwing things into the food that you're already consuming is a way to go about it. Absolutely. So I'm always, always food first, mm -hmm. but there's some situations like in Canada, we should have vitamin D because most of the time it's like we have a freezing rainstorm and we're not out sunbathing. Oh, my favorite vitamin D thing with you was to put the mushrooms yep. by, the, by the window so that they're absorbing the sunlight yes. and they actually absorb the vitamin D. Yeah. And then you're having your mushrooms with the added bonus of the vitamin D. See, I remember everything yeah. that we talked about. That's Amazing. A good way. That's a good way of doing that one, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Or for the example of iron deficiency. If you're mm -hmm. iron deficient, you feel terrible and it can take years to bring that up just with food alone. So just taking a good quality iron supplement, not the one that you're um, that makes you like constipated and mm -hmm. turns your stool black, like a really good quality one that's not going to constipate you. And you can bring your iron up in two months and you feel amazing. Like in that situation, like don't suffer through two years of iron deficiency, buy this $30 supplement and fix it now and then maintain with food. How much em emphasis needs to be put on the now? Like people are procrastinating. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll take care of my health next month. Yeah. You know, I'll wait till the new year and have a resolution. You know, like how important is just the understanding of the now? Oh, that's a that's a loaded question because I feel like people have to be ready to change their diet because a lot of my clients they want every they feel amazing, they want all their whole family members to come to see me and they often do, but you can't force someone. Like a lot of people want to bring in their husband, they they want to bring in their child, but if the, that person doesn't want to change, you can't, you can't change them, right? Like they need to want to do it themselves. Does there need to be a health crisis? Does there, like unfortunately as our medical system works, does there need to be something that's the trigger, the, the aha moment? Sometimes, sometimes there is. So usually that's not the best place. Like I'd, I'd say like the ideal time or like the time that most people come in, they've been diagnosed with something, but they're not on medication yet. Mm -hmm. Like their doctor has given them three months, you know, get your cholesterol under control, your blood pressure, and then we're gonna put you on medication if we haven't figured this out. Cause that, then they have a timeline. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people like in my office, I do a lot of weight loss. So that's kind of an ongoing thing that people are constantly trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. So it is, it's not as like time, um, like time dependent. But I think for your family members that you really wanna get healthier, like don't push them. That's the worst thing you can do and just leave out things. Like my son will be like, oh, I wanna have ice cream. I'm like, okay, great. And then he's like playing a game or something and I just put a plate of vegetables out or a plate of apple slices and mindlessly he just starts eating them because they're in front of him. And he like forgets because he's, you know, six and has a small attention span. He forgets that he asked for something else. So same thing with your husband, right? Like just leave out things. People are more likely to eat it. So don't push it on them. Or if it's just not there. If exactly. it's just not in the house. Yeah, so if you are buying groceries for your family, do not buy the, those foods. They can go out and get them themselves. Like never say they can't have them, but just don't, your home has to be your safe place. Especially if you're trying to get off the chips and dip mm -hmm. and you know, you wanna make sure that Tony doesn't go and buy them and well, bring them in. Well, it's funny because you know, like that is the one thing that's like the, the that's like the cheap food in the house is like yeah. a bag of chips and dip. Yeah. But I I have the ability to have a couple of chips yeah. and put the bag away. Yeah. And Tony will say, if the bag is open, I'll eat it. Yeah. But if the bag isn't there, I'm fine. Or the bag could stay in the cupboard and if it's not opened, he won't open it. Oh, okay. Right? So it but as soon as it's been opened yeah. and I've Fair had game. my and if I have had my five to ten, yeah. you know, he's like, I'm done, you know? Yeah. So it, it is, it's understanding the psychology within the home too, right? And as mm -hmm. you came back to it, right? It's so much of it is emotional. And until yeah. you understand that aspect, mm -hmm. there's a lot of, there's still work ahead. Yeah. So the accountability factor works really, really well. A lot of people, a lot of people think they're weak because they need the accountability of someone else to like look at their food diary. 
But I say like everyone needs accountability. It's like when you're on the highway and you're speeding and you see a cop and you slow down, right? Right. It's just the accountability of having the the law, right? And in our society. So it's the same thing with everything with your food. You know, having someone you have to be accountable to who's gonna who wants the best for you, but mm-hmm. also has like educated outside eyes that they can look at your life and look at your food diary and like tweak the pieces. Mm-hmm. There's so much more we could be I going know. to. And I'm, just like, I'm like, do I even look at the clock right now <laughs> as we're approaching the 50-minute mark? Okay, so we're just going to have to have you back on here. Yeah, sure. We'll just have I'd to have to. you back, and we'll kind of keep on going. Things. How can people um, – what's the best way people get in touch? Or what questions just, you know, in closing, should they be asking themselves to say, okay, maybe I am at that I'm ready part? I think the biggest thing is – people wanting to feel better. So a lot of people come into my office and they know that they're just not 100%. So they go to their doctor and the doctor's like, oh, maybe you have depression, maybe you need a medication. But they know that that's not them. But they just they just feel like they could be better. They're not as energetic. They're wanting to sleep. Like they're not living their life. Like it's one... It's okay to have one tired day if you get a bad night's sleep, but if that's every single day for you, eventually that becomes your life of just being fatigued and not giving not giving your best to your job or to your family, mm-hmm. to your partner, to your friends, and to yourself. Like most people just, especially women, we're running around taking care of everyone else and we don't, you know, give the time to ourselves. So put that, like you are not helpful to other people unless you are taking the time yourself to feel better. And then what happens is that the families always do get better because whoever's trying to get healthier is bringing in healthier things and bringing in, you know, less unhealthy things, so. Good questions to ask yourself. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because you speak with such passion and you have <laughs> such knowledge and I'm, you know, and I look back at the first five minutes of this podcast and we're sitting with a girl in the back of a car breastfeeding a kid yeah. trying to build a business <laughs> and their life is falling apart. People rebuild. People have yeah. the capacity to be really strong. You are an incredibly strong woman. Uh, you. And you've built this business that I think a lot of people are really benefiting from. So people can find more at uh, the Cavan Nutrition Group. Best yes, place so to go. So what's the website? It's cavannutrition.com. We also have an Instagram, which is Cavan. So C-A-V-E-N underscore nutrition. And then we have a really great Facebook page. Mm-hmm. So just look up Cavan Nutrition's group. Mm-hmm. And we have, we're posting weekly challenges. We post recipes. I give away a free kitchen clean out and seven-day meal mm. plan. So there's lots of interaction there, lots of support for everyone, and that's completely free. Awesome. Rachel, it's always a pleasure. And also there's some great segments on my website that, that you had in there. Uh, a lot of the stuff that we had actually gone through, uh, some of these topics uh, are videos on my website as well. That is it. So that's another Thanks. episode of Living Your Life with Leanne Lang. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com.